0: In faith in this hour, there's several things that's just not negotiable. Number one, if you're gonna walk in faith, you got to stay focused on the Word of God. Amen. If you're gonna walk in faith, you must stay focused on the Word of God. And I'm gonna tell you something else if you're gonna walk in faith, the second thing you got to do is you got to say what the Word says, no matter what the situation says. See, sometimes we say what the Word says when it's favorable. And then when it's not favorable, we say, well, maybe God, no, 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 maybe God. Every promise of God is yes and amen. amen. So, number one, I got to stay focused on the word of God. Number two, I got to say what the word says, no matter what the situation says. Now, number three, I got to stay focused on the specific promise of God. Because so when I'm walking in faith, sometimes I'm standing for something in particular. And when God has spoken to me, now I got to stay with that particular promise of God. And then the next thing I got to do, the last thing I got to do, is I got to have effective corresponding actions because faith without works is dead. I can't say I'm believing God for a job and I don't even fill out an application. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me move on. Cause you're <laughs> Let's go to James chapter 5. Let's go to James chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah you, you. I'm believing God. I'm believing God for a new car. You won't watch the one you got. I wasn't looking up when I said that, so you can't say I was talking to you. Mm-hmm. If you felt something, that's just on you. I ain't had nothing to do with that. James chapter 5 is a, is a, is a book that's very, um, James, the whole book of James, rather, is, is very dear to my heart. God spoke to me a few years ago. I was teaching, in, um at, at that time, Pastor Carwell was pastoring, and we still had the school of, uh, uh, Agape School of Evangelism there. And it was my assignment was to to preach the whole book of James in that semester. And then after that semester, God told me to study the book of James and I would find answers in it. And uh, so, I'll stay with the book of James. It's, it's my daily devotion. But tonight, today, I want to talk about something that I've been sharing little pieces of here and there, stuff starts dropping in my spirit. And so, I want to kind of pull a drawstring today and, and and preach this message so james chapter 5 and verse 16 the bible says in james 5 and 16 confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed you can be restored to your proper spiritual tone i find in the body of christ there's not many faults being confessed and I've also found uh, what I believe is the reason, and that's because there, are, there is a lack of intimate relationships between believers. Believers will say, that's my friend, but I don't share nothing with them. If I'm hurting, I can't tell them. But a friend sticks closer than a brother. See, uh, and you have to learn to, create, And create back in 1984, God spoke to me. He said, I want you to make friends with people with whom you can share your ministry, marriage, and money, success, and failures with. And you know what I told God? Folks are nosy and they talk too much. He said, I didn't say go talk to everybody. I said make friends. And so we, you know, we got to go on in that direction. And in 1986, when my wife left her job, see, she was wise enough, smart enough to keep working the first four years that I went full-time because we had, uh, you know, two children. And when I quit my job, all the insurances was gone, right? So she worked for four years and waited until God called her off her job alongside me. She didn't just go because, well, if he called you, he called us. When I told her God called me off my job, she said, I know he told me six months ago. But she kept working. Amen. And then, because she kept working, I had a little misconception. Everything that came in the offering went into the ministry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take nothing. And so... When she quit, she said, you need to start getting paid. I said, no, God's been taking care of us. She said, no, I've been taking care of us. <laughs> she said, no, 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 no. You ain't been believing God for grocery. I've been buying the grocery. And so, I, I was dumb. I, I, I said, okay, I'm going to receive an offering on Saturday nights. But I booked the crusades to end on Friday. So, and I told her that. She said, well, you don't book many Saturdays. You always close on Friday. So, where, where are your Saturday money when they going to come from? I'm going to believe gold. And she got to the point where she couldn't even buy a pair of stockings. Now, she ain't no Florida girl. She don't do the bare leg thing. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, what I brought that up for, because that ain't part of the message, but I felt like this is going to help somebody. had a friend. See, friend. Now, it's two years later from when God told me that. And I was preaching from a friend in Connecticut. And when we got there, because I like to go in the day early, so I don't be... Rush. We got in there a day early, and we went straight to his house, and she got he and his wife to come to the table, and we sat down, and this just an old saying of mine. We put the whole skunk on the table. And Joey, he's a great listener. He's a pastor. He's a good, great listener. He listened to her side and listened to me say a little bit I had to say, and uh, he said, bro, don't be stupid. <laughs> and he told me, you need to get paid. And I talked to another friend, and he told me how to do it legally, properly. You don't just do stuff in the ministry. You got to do it right. And he showed me how to do it right, what books to go get to get in order for the taxes and all that. But my point is, what if we didn't have a friend? That I could trust her to go tell somebody about me, and I'm finna preach for, the, I'm finna preach for Pastor Philip today, and she go tell him last night, Mama, oh, he ain't going to never have him back again. You see but when there's a friend you that that fear and anxiety don't have a place in there. So learn to cultivate friendships. It's a process but it's worth it. All right now that's that's your freebie. Okay, we're finna get to the message now. James chapter 5 verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man Avail of much. Before we get into it, let's run to Exodus right quick. Keep, you can keep your thumb on James, but we're going to go to Exodus, but you can let James go. We're just picking back up. Exodus 28. Exodus 28. Exodus 28. God spoke to me uh, that 2021 is to be a full year of consecration. Last year, He told me that 2020 was to be a full year of intimacy. And, and and we saw things that we drew near to God. And then this year God said, I want you to consecrate. You can go back and look at the individual words. Uh, that see pastors get a word for their house. You understand that? So you hear a pastor say this is the year, and then you hear somebody else say that. Well, anyway, what the pastor said? The pastor's talking to you. He's talking to the house, okay? And if you work it out, then you should receive that. Then there are other like like for instance, the word for this house this year is 2021 shall be. I thought I was going to have to rebuke y'all. Yeah. If it's on the bathroom wall, I know you ought to know it. Okay, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but consecration is the key to getting there. You understand what I'm saying? So don't, don't separate them, draw them and keep your primary focus. Okay, so in Exodus 28, 3, thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments, what's the purpose? To consecrate him, what's the purpose? That he may minister unto me in the priest's office. See, sometimes we think about being consecrated to minister for God, but God wants us to know there's a place in him where he said, be holy for I'm holy. He wants us to get consecrated so we can minister to him because the Bible says do what? Draw not to God and then he'll draw nigh to you. You understand? So that's a place of consecration that has nothing to do with me reaching the lost, nothing to do with me healing the sick, everything to do with me getting to know my father. Paul said that I may know him. See, so I want to know the only true God and Jesus, the Messiah, whom he sent. So, that's a place of consecration for that. Then after that, there's a place of consecration so that I can begin to minister on his behalf. You know, the fire of God comes in me to purge me, to cleanse me, to purify me. Then the fire of God ignites me and make me become a torch in the hand of God. Yeah. I'm on, I feel like preaching this morning, y'all. Y'all, y'all dragging a little bit. Hallelujah. Now, I like it loud. I'm just going to tell you that. I just, I just, that's why I got from in front of the speaker so that uh, I know this pastor had a little bit of a pain going when he was standing right there. So I said, well, let me move because I want him to turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, you got that. Now, now let's deal with this. Let's deal with, what, what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about to you today is I want to talk about the effectual fervent prayer of a consecrated righteous man. Okay, the effectual fervent fervent prayer of a consecrated righteous man. Because once you get born again, you became righteous, but there are a lot of born again folk that's not consecrated. Amen. They're born again and then James, uh, not James, but Paul had to tell us, don't, don't live like you're not. Be not conformed to this world. And it looked like to me, the church today is conforming more to the world every day. Every new phrase the world come out with within the church. It come, out, it come out in the world at 6 a.m. within the church at 6.15 because they want to be current. They want to fit in. Why, why do we want to fit in with the culture when we're supposed to be bringing kingdom culture to change culture? But it's just something about church folk that don't draw out to God, don't walk with God, don't Im- you know the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The Bible says that old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And those things that have become new should be becoming evident that they are new. But because we won't consecrate, and we got we've been infiltrated by the world system, especially those that are still on secular jobs and then office, where well, they're hearing stuff all day long, and that's what that's what they hear in the break room. Before you know it, is Become part of their conversation. It's, it's just a cute little phrase. That's a problem. Okay. Righteous. Righteous. It's talking about being absolutely or relatively righteous, observing divine and human laws. One who is such as he ought to be, and then they talk about in the wide sense, upright rightness, virtuous, keeping the commandments of God, innocent, faultless, guiltless, then preeminently of him whose way of thinking, Feeling and acting is W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly conformed to the will of God and who therefore needs no rectification in his heart. See, now, what we know, when I get born again, I become righteous and I become made, I'm made righteous. So I'm right with God, not by anything I did, just by the fact that I accepted Jesus Christ. In other words, righteousness, I now have the nature of God. In other words, a dog barks because that's his nature. You know that Pastor Caldwell used to use parables, and he he gave a parable uh, one time—a little little—a little little. A little, little Uh, saying so you can get the picture and I was in Africa one year so I used it and what he said was he said there was a scorpion and a turtle and the scorpion wanted to cross the river but he couldn't swim so the turtle would cross the river go to the party and come back and tell the scorpion every year oh what a time we had so the scorpion kept begging every year kept begging every year just put me on your back and take me across the river he said no because you're gonna sting me and we both gonna die Oh, man. So he come back and this year, he tell him how the party's going to be. He said, man, please, please take me across the river. He said, listen, if I let you get on my back and take you across the river and you sting me, we both going to drown. So I I can't trust you. He said, that don't make sense. If I sting you, then I know I'm going to drown. Why would I sting you? So he said, okay, jump on my back. Halfway across the river, oh, you promised. He said, it's my nature. I can't help it. When you don't get to understand that your nature has been changed, see, you have to get your mind to come where your nature is. If you don't, your mind will cause you to act like your nature was not changed. But you got to draw nigh to God so that my mind can come in line with my nature. So then, that my nature and my mind together can bring this soma, this tent, this tabernacle, this physical slave under subjection, and my Numa man can rise up in the breath of. God can flow out of me and now I can consciously come in the presence of God without feeling any kind of condemnation and I can confidently stand in the face of the devil with no intimidation because I now know who I am in Christ and I'm learning who he is in me. So when I learn how to consecrate myself, separate myself from the world, separate myself unto God, separate myself unto the word of God, then the word of God can cleanse my Mind, the word of God will help me renew my mind and then my renewed mind will retrain my brain and I'll begin to operate and operate like God has intended for me to operate and then when I begin to pray I don't pray hard thinking that the louder and the longer and the stronger I call I'm going to get an answer. Do you understand if I don't speak Spanish and you speak Spanish to me it don't matter how loud you speak Spanish I don't know what you're saying. It don't register. So when you are praying uh, contrary to the word of God, it doesn't matter how loud you pray, the angels are going to stand down. They're not going to operate on anything contrary to the word of the living God. And God's not going to respond and answer a prayer that's contrary to his word because he cannot go against his word. So let's get that understanding first before we start trying to pray. Now, okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. Consecrate means to sanctify, to prepare, to dedicate, to be hallowed or to be holy, to be separated. It's the same word called dodge for holy. And we got to separate ceremony and morally. And I've seen too many people that want to be clean in the house of God but immoral when they walk out the door. It's not going to work. It see, Jesus told us in Matthew 6 that hypocrites pray, hypocrites fast, hypocrites give. And he said, don't be like them, but you got to do what you do as unto the Lord. So what I want to deal with today is, let's go to 1 Corinthians 16. Because consecration and and effectualness goes into, the Bible talks about an effectual mind. It talks about effectual uh, love. But in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, I want you to see this effectual door. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many what? Adversaries, if there are many adversaries, there's much adversity. An adversary, I like to say it like this, is one that set out to kill you. An adversary is not a sparring partner, he's an assassin. He's trying to take you out. He's not trying to uh, spar with you and see how good you are. No, he comes for one reason and one reason only. And he ain't satisfied until he takes you all the way out. But the Bible says there's not an adversary. There are what many adversaries, many opposers, many standing against, many things, but we got to understand my citizenship is not in this world. My citizenship is in heaven. So then my adversaries are not flesh and blood. My adversaries are spirits that I have authority over that I have dominion over but when I don't recognize it my adversary becomes a a, a worthy opponent no, 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 no you got to look at the devil knowing you already defeated I'm about to execute that you got to understand when you look at the demonic powers you got to realize Jesus has given unto me power over all the power I have authority over all the ability of the enemy and nothing from his character shall by enemies hurt me I have power I've been authorized to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy but see the problem with the church is we've got that here we don't have it here So when we face these adversaries we back up we cower down sometimes we'll say the right things but there's no force behind it but when you get the revelation of righteousness then the force of righteousness the force of faith and the revelation of your authority puts you on a place of dominion now watch this watch this watch this for a great door and effect is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Can I say this? If, if I'm talking about a door and adversary, then it should stand to reason that the adversaries are between me and the door. Right. If there's no adversary between me and the door, then forget the adversary. I just walk in the door. What you got to do is you got to be like this. If the adversary is between you and the door, then you got to deal with the adversary because that's your door. If it's the front door of your house and you get there and there's, there's a stray dog at your door, are you just going to sit in the car? <laughs> okay, when God opens the door for you and there's a demon standing there, why don't you go through the door? Well, you know to go through the door, I got to go through the demon. No, you don't. Tell him to move tell the devil, get out the door. Now, if he don't get out the door, then you are really not exercising your authority because you got power over all his power and he must obey you and sometimes you got to keep walking while you talking, you know, like you would in the natural. Man, get off my porch. I said, get off my porch. And see, your eyes is telling me if I don't get off the porch, yeah. you going to get me off the porch. So, I'd rather move than deal with you. But we're in a time now because the church have been praying these little weeks. Mamsy, Pamsy, prayers. They haven't been really communing with God. They haven't been pressing in. They've been praying sometime and sometime not. They've been praying like they're praying to a God the size of Hewe Herman and they don't realize that God behind me is thunder and lightning. And so you got to rise up and press in and let the devil know not on my watch, not anymore. Get out of my space. So you are authorized to serve the devil not only an eviction notice but a restraining order and tell him stay out of my proximity because the power of God it's alive in you. Effectual here. The word effectual is talking about powerful, operative. It goes on to say active power in action. It, see, we got too many people that got a form of godliness but denying the power. We got people who talk about power like it's a bedtime story. Or when time comes to exercise, then we find out that the generator is out of oil, out of gas, and needs a new spark plug. i'm trying (laughs) watch this watch this watch this watch this watch this watch this hebrews 4 16 says let's do what come boldly let us therefore come boldly to the what the throne of grace let me let me just let me just give you an example for a minute. Brother right here, go, go sit in my seat right there between my wife and, 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 and Pastor Steele. See, now, 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 we're going to for the sake of my example, Pastor Steele is going to be God the Father, okay? And so and the reason I'm making him the Father and not Jesus is because we don't pray to Jesus. I know when Jesus sat down on the mercy seat, it became the throne of grace. That's why in the New Testament, you don't read about the mercy seat. In the Old Testament, you don't read about the throne of grace, okay? But here's my deal. Not only is Jesus sitting there, but I'm sitting in heavenly places where? So if I'm in Christ Jesus... I'm in Christ Jesus and then I need a prayer answer from the Father. Why do I see myself down here on earth in this place where I got to shout and try to get my voice and go to heaven and go into a city that's 1500 miles square and make it to the center of that place and get to the throne. Why can't I just look at him and ask him a question? Now look, you know, you know what I just noticed? They had out of eye contact. He was talking. He knew he had his attention. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You got to understand when I know my position, when I say I'm in Christ, it ain't some religious spot. When I pray, I pray from the position of in Christ. And when I pray from the position of in Christ, I pray with a conscious awareness that I'm not only just in Christ, uh, I'm in his body, I'm in his spirit, I'm in his presence. But that puts me in the presence of the Father who I ask in the name of Christ to answer my petition. And then I know that the Father heard me. I just looked in the Father's eyes. I saw the Father knock his head and say yeah if you didn't even hear it it's not meant you got your request God. so we start praying like that and begin to understand from that position every time I pray demons got to tremble every time I pray come on the spirit the power of darkness have got to be shaken because I understand there's potency in my prayer and I'm praying with a level of power that Satan hasn't seen upon the planet since Jesus said all power in heaven and earth is given unto me go ye therefore I've been authorized deputized with the power of God I've been endowed with this power and I've got the legal right the power of attorney to legally use the name of Jesus for everything he did his name will do because he's the same yesterday today and forever if he did it then his name will do it now and can I tell y'all a secret here in DeSoto the word of God and the name of Jesus is as powerful in your mouth as it is in his because when you speak it In his name, the Father sees you clothed in your righteousness. And when you're walking in the divine character of God, then God is backing you. The angels are backing you up. And when you speak in the name of Jesus, the devil tries to resist you. And Jesus stands beside you and says, you heard him. But when you don't live consecrated, there's a condemning thought. How you going to get up and do that and you watching Netflix all night? You's watching all rated stuff. See, they, they, your mind. Effectual Talks goes into uh, showing forth power, bringing it forth, making it operative. But then the word fervent, the word fervent is zeal, and it talks z o, not zeal, z e o, and it means to be hot, to be boiling when you're speaking of a liquid, to glow when you're talking about a solid. But when I was, a, well, I had a friend of mine that worked at a place in Arkansas called North American Meadows, and they were like, you got a you got a barbecue grill, a chrome barbecue grill, a silver barbecue grill. That's what they did. They would take steel bars and silver bars about this thick and some of them 25 feet long and they put them on this conveyor and they ran down into this place where this heat was and I would watch bars turn you know coming up up, all I heard about was red hot and so I would watch these bars melt and they would get red hot and they would melt but when I was in war in Nigeria preaching they took me to a steel factory and they showed me what they did with steel and I watched steel go through the furnace and go through the heat and I watched that steel when it got to an amber color. I watched it turn blue. I watched it get red hot and when it got red hot I just knew that was the end of it. But the man smiled and said keep walking with me. We went a little further and that steel began to turn white. When it got white heated he said that's as hot as it gets right there. I came to tell you you don't need a red hot prayer in 2021. In 2021 you need a white heated prayer. You need prayer that's so hot the devil can't stand it. It's time for us to step into a place of white heated praying. And I'm not talking about praying louder and longer. I'm talking about praying with more truth, more insight, more revelation, and more confidence that when I pray, you got to move. Let's let's look at at, uh, Philemon. Philemon. Now, this is what I'm trying to show you is some different areas of fervency, but we're going to focus on fervent prayer. But I'm trying to show you this fervency mission in prayer causes us not to be fervent in other areas. Philemon verse six says that the communication of thy faith become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you where? in Christ. We got to get the revelation that we are in Christ and what it means to be in Christ. Watch the Amplified Bible say, and I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ. Do you understand that when jesus was in the wilderness we always major on the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life but let's back up and look at what satan said if you are the son of god why did the devil come at him recognizing or trying to expand out if he knew who he was if he understood his identity because when he was baptized and the jews thought it thundered the devil heard just what god said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You go back and read it. Satan did not send a lieutenant. He didn't send a captain. He didn't send a lieutenant colonel. He didn't even send a general. He came himself to test Jesus in the wilderness. And he went back saying, boys, we in trouble. The Bible said he left Jesus for a season. I mean, he went to regroup. He went to try to re-strategize. He said, because I ain't had to deal with this. He said, this boy here, I ain't seen this in Adam in the garden. And he don't have a wife for me to manipulate. So I don't know how I'm going to get you him I got to the first Adam through his wife this boy ain't got no wife I gotta find a way to get him cause I I thought I recognized that glory I thought I recognized that presence but I found out now even food didn't make him move I could not move him and every time I asked him if he be the son of God prove something he ignored me and didn't try to prove his identity Pastor Steele don't have to show me his driver's license to, to validate the fact that his name is Philip Steele why cause he knows what his name is and if I ain't sure, it's my problem, not his. See, you got to understand the devil is still playing with you about your identity. I thought you were saved. I thought you was a Christian. Mm. I thought you had the Holy Ghost. And now all of a sudden you're doubting it. you back at the altar trying to receive the Holy Ghost. You talked in tongues all the way down the aisle and I pray that I receive the Holy Ghost. No, 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 I will not. okay we Ephesians 4 Ephesians 4 Ephesians chapter 4 see we got to we got to get that recognition that understanding that I am in Christ I am of God. I am born of God. God is my father. I've got God's DNA. Mm -hmm. You got to understand this. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray he blew their minds. They came to him and said teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. He said when you pray pray after this manner. Now Luke said pray these words. Jesus was saying pray after this manner. Notice the first thing in prayer was recognition of your relationship with the one you praying to, he didn't say, say, oh God of Abraham. He said, say our Father. When you pray, you can say my Father. Instant recognition of my relationship with who I'm talking to. And then, hallowed, holy, reverence be your name. But notice what he said. Which art in heaven, high above all the weak and beggarly elements of the earth, not a part of this kingdom. Your kingdom rules in the kingdom of men. You are highly separated, highly elevated, that above this, and since you my father, and I'm one with you through Christ, then so am I, even though my feet are on planet earth, my seat is in planet heaven, right in the throne room, so I operate in the earth with my heavenly mindset I operate in the earth in Christ, from my heavenly position in the throne, so when I pray I don't pray from the pew I pray from the throne I pray from the throne of God, and demons have gathered about, yes, sir. Yes. He no he Ephesians 4.16 From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted Women years ago used to have a little compact in the purse But a real compact is covenant talk I'm compacted by that which every joint supply of See, That's why we have to be in one accord That's why we have to have unity But watch this According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, that's why one can chase a thousand, and two can put ten thousand to flight. And if you keep multiplying, then three ought to get a hundred thousand. By the time we get to five, the nation got to flee. Why? Because we understand our covenant not only with God but with one another. James, let's go back to James. Let's go back to James. If we understood covenant, there would be no sin called adultery if we understood the covenant. Watch this. James 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent. That's the white heated fiery righteously indignant prayer of a righteous man avail of much and we'll focus on a consecrated righteous man. A man who realizes his righteousness and has consciously separated himself from the world. Who's not trying to identify with the world. He's who refuses to conform to the world but who's being conformed to the image of God's dear son. His mirror is the mirror of the word that he stays in habitually. Therefore he never forgets who he is because he identifies identified with Christ to the point that he realized as he is, so am I, not so shall I be. As he is, not as he was, as he is, so am I in this world. Remember when Jesus said the son of man which is in heaven while he was standing on the plane Capernaum. Well, you got to understand you are the son of man in heaven while you're standing in Soto. You are the son of man in heaven while you're standing in Lenexa. You are the son of man in heaven while you're standing in Lawrence. You're the son of man in heaven while you're standing, Hallelujah in Kansas City. If, if no matter where you are, your position is, I'm in heaven and in the earth I'm in Christ and that makes me unbeatable, undefeatable, invincible. I am a force that the enemy cannot reckon with. And don't make me call Pastor Philip. Now I got back up at the same level I'm at. See, it ain't, no, it ain't no well, this one got this skill and this one got, no, 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 no. When he show up same identity. S- So the devil just said, oh, Lord, do you understand? The devil didn't know saints would lie. Ananias and Sapphira was a revelation for the devil. Oh, there's a point there. I know what to do now. That's why the love of money to this day is the root of all evil. He said, oh, I know how to get them. He didn't tempt Adam with money. (laughs) Okay, okay. Amplify. Confess your faults one to another. Therefore your faults, your slip-ups, your false steps, your offense, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt Felt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Did you understand that he just said that your prayer makes the power available? Do you understand the power is there? Okay, for like if, like if you got a generator, the generator is there, but you either got to push a button can make the power available. No matter what you plug into it, if you don't push the button, your it depends on your generator, you may have to pull the cord but the power is there it is present it is resident but it is in a potential state and it's got to be activated to become kinetic and I came to tell you when a consecrated righteous man lives consecrated aware of his righteousness the power is present you don't have to pray send the power like we did back in the old days you ain't got to pray send the no send it on down what is already inside of you Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy it goes, comes upon you. The power is resident. Out of your belly is where the power is going to flow. But you got to learn how to tap the sword. You got to learn how to activate the very power of God. Because the devil's sitting there looking at you, knowing you don't know who you are. You don't know what you got. And because you don't know what you got, I'm going to run over you and treat you like you don't have anything and make you forget what you got. But it's time for you to be like the little schoolgirls in Arkansas. When they playing little Sally Walker, sitting in a salsa. It's time for you to put your hands on your heels. Let your backbone slip and tell the devil to zip his lip. I stopped by the soda to tell you, rise, saint, rise. Wipe your weeping eyes. Put your hands on your hip. Let your backbone slip and tell the devil, pack his gripper. Take a trip. Cause this is your land. Everywhere your feet tread, you are in dominion. And glory to God glory Baba, 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 your prayers make the power available somebody is dying we got, we got a text since we've been here our prayer group was on a seven day consecration at the beginning of the month and a woman came in and said her brother had cancer and she wanted us to pray for him and she said, she texted us since we've been here and said he wanted to get his chemo treatment but they did a PET test and couldn't find no cancer in his body I came to tell you it was there but it's not there now what happened to these textuals. Further prayer of a consecrated prayer table made much power available, dynamic in his working. Do you understand? I don't know if y'all watched Brother Copeland this week or not, but on Friday's broadcast, he gave a testimony of a woman that went to the hospital, couldn't walk, and took her shoes with her and told her grandson, said, me, ma, what you doing? She said, I'm going to walk up out of here. The doctor said, you ain't going to never walk again. She said, I'm walking out of here. They thought she's a religious nut. But in the night season, Jesus came and visited with her, sat down and talked with her. The next morning, she put her shoes on, watched this, and walked in the doctor's office, and he said, no, no and turn his face to the wall would not look at her hallelujah she he, he said you you can't walk she said turn around doctor I walked in here he wouldn't turn around she walked out and checked herself out I came to tell you the effectual fervent prayer of consecrated righteous people is making a difference that's why you gotta make a decision I refuse to be lethargic. no apathy for me let me tell you something, I ain't, I ain't preached this yet, but God told me, gave me a message. He said, I want you to preach a message and ask a question. What you're experiencing in your life, is it really maturity or self-justified apathy? Okay, I'm going to leave that right there because it ain't time to preach that, but... We back we back in we back in James, okay? So we're in verse 17 now. Now he said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes his power available and it's dynamic and it's working. Now watch this. Elijah was a human being. Oh, I'm still on amplifier with a nature such as we have, feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. He prayed how? earnestly for it not to rain and no rain fell on the earth for how long? Three years. Three years and six months. We didn't catch that in first king but here's what I want you to see this because I don't, well that was Elijah you know he was the great prophet of God. No, he was a human being just like us. Same affections that we have, same emotions that we deal with. Elijah had them, but he learned how to pray. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17 and see what we're talking about. Now, we're going to come back to James because we've got to get to 18 verse, but we're going to go to 1 Kings 17 now because, I'm trying, because I want to show you something because you in my camp, and I understand my camp. And see, my camp has had some of the greatest teaching in the world, but sometimes because we've been taught so well, we miss some stuff because we don't go meditate on what we was taught. That's why I told you, if you're going to walk in truth, you got to have a revelation. 1 Kings 17, verse 1. Even though we don't exactly see the words, we know God told him to do this. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain. How long? These three years, but what? According to my word. Now, how many know gain no profit in the land can just go say that of his own volition? He has to get that word from God, right? And the Bible says the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence, turn eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, for I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there, and he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook cherub and jordan okay now go back to james because james says that uh he prayed honestly that it might not rain and 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 it didn't rain on the earth by the space of three years and six months he prayed honestly that it might not rain do you know what the prophets that i know would have been praying lord please send the ravens don't let the ravens be late because they'd have been thinking about their own belly but here's what i want us to see in the faith camp Because we were raised on phrases like God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, let me tell you, when God says it, it's settled in heaven. When you believe it, it settles in your heart. But until you get that your mouth, it ain't manifest in the earth. So when God says it to you, that is not the end. God told Elijah, go tell the king it's not going to rain. And James says he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. He didn't pray. He knew God was going to send the raven. He knew the food was coming. He didn't pray about his own welfare and well-being. He prayed about the fulfillment of the word of God. He had a vision because God's word gives a vision. for the next three years, he prayed that what God said to me that I spoke out of my mouth is now got to come to pass when the word of God in his mouth was as powerful as it was in God's mouth but Elijah being a man covered his word, brooded over his word with prayer, what has God told you and you ain't prayed about it yet you can call this a prophetic word when a man or woman of God speaks a prophetic word, most folk you know what they do, they fall out Get up crying, testify. I know that was God. Six months later, they don't forget about the word. You didn't incubate it. You should have been effectually, fervently praying, not in doubt, not in fear, because there are many adversaries at the door, trying to stop that word from coming through the door. Are you walking through the door to get to the word? So now you got to engage your authority in prayer. You got to engage your faith. You got to begin to walk in the power that God has given you and consistent, Elijah stayed at it for three years and James said really three and a half. He stayed with the word that God gave him. Verse 18 now back in James. Then, I mean, I'm in the King James. I mean, still, still, we said an amplified. Then he prayed again, and the heavens did what? Supplied the rain or gave rain, and the land or the earth did what? Produced its crops as usual. Wait, 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 wait. This is a divine reset. The earth been barren for three and a half years. A famine. I mean the rivers dry up. The ground is cracking. The man prayed. God sends an outpouring and the earth falls right back in line. You know why? Because the law that's in the earth was there. The only thing that was missing was the moisture. The sun never stopped. As soon as the moisture came back, the earth stepped right into its spot. Well, what happened to a saint of God when they backslide and get out in the world? They come back into the house of God. They get up Under a real word, they find a preacher that's got wet lips, and before you know it, the sprout begins. They smell water, and the tree lives again. They're back in their position. Now, men want to tell you, No, 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 forget what you're talking about. They come back, they rise up, and they run. They go forward like Samson and do more in the latter day than they did in the past. So, let the devil know you ain't buying no condemnation today. You know what you missed, but God's gonna restore the time. God's a redeemer of the time. You got to understand, He's our restorer the years that the of worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm have destroyed. This is the time of recompense. It's the time of restoration. All God is looking for is the effectual fervent prayer of consecrated righteous people that will rise up and put their foot down and make a demand and walk in the praying of God. Yeah, hey, thank you, Jesus. He prayed again. All right? Let's go back to 1 Kings. Go to the 18th chapter. Why? Because I want to tie this with you to understand each time we see this man praying, it's after God said something. And too many of us pray until God says something, and then we quit. 1 Kings 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days. Now, the Hebrew phrase many days means one full year. So, if we look at that, then we can say, okay, he was at the brook, then he went to the lady's house, and he, she, and her household did eat for one full year. They said for many days. Okay, then after that time was up, so I submit to you that he was at that brook for about two years and six months, and then he's at her house for a year, so after this year, God said, now go show yourself. Because remember, it ain't gonna rain till he says so. But watch this. We're gonna notice today, he didn't say so To God said so. You can't just go saying stuff because you're tired of waiting. When this brook dried up, he didn't say, Rain. No, no, no. He got a word from God said, Get up and go to Zarephat. Third year. The word came in the third year saying, Go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain. What did God say? Show yourself and I will. Well, see, we got the attitude. Just go look. Just say, "Hey, hey, Ahab, here I am. Get your umbrella." No, that's how the camp. That's how my camp sees stuff. That's how they, I hear him talking like that. You know, God said it. It's over. It's done. It's a done deal. No, you got a part to play in everything God says to you. Amen. So Elijah went to show himself under Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Now we we know what happened in between there. You know he. He called fire to heaven. He, he sent for 850 prophets, you know, 400 from Jezebel's table, 450 from the group. He had a showdown up there. He called, you know, they, 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 they called on Baal, so he laughed at them. Then they, he got the thing, and said, now put 12 barrels of water on it. I don't know where they got 12 barrels of water in a famine, but they got 12 barrels of water. So that's a, that's a serious seed right there. That's a serious sacrifice, but watch this. We you know why it wasn't that serious to him, because he believed God. They thought he was wasting water. No, I'm proving God. And so let's go to verse 35, because, you know, you you read that part yourself. And the water ran round about all the altar and filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near, knife in the prey, and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant. And I have done all these things at thy word. I'm not just out here being cocky. I'm doing what you told me to do. I want you to back it up, manifest it so they'll know, number one, that you are God. Number two, I'm your man. And number three, I did this because you said do it. I I know God said it, but. But what? What's the but if you know God said it? If you know God said it, there should be no but. Watch this. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know again that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. No, they didn't say Elijah, use a man of God. It wasn't about the man. It was about his God. He wasn't trying to present Elijah to the people. He was presenting God to the people. The integrity of God's word. The authority of the lord and the bible said and elijah said unto them take the prophets of baal and let not one of them escape he ain't talking about 400 he's talking about all 850 get them all out of here they took them and elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there and elijah turned around now and said to ahab get thee up eat and drink for there's a sound of abundance of rain nobody hears rain but elijah It ain't rain in three and a half years. You look around, it's heat waves. Mirage is all over the place. Don't nobody hear rain, but in his spirit. He don't hear no rain in his physical ear. God's word has spoken to him, and in his belly, there's a rumbling. In his belly, he hear a thunderstorm. He said, there's a sound of a deluge. There's a sound of a, as they say down in Texas, there's a gully washer coming, man. He said, I hear an abundance of rain watch Ahab. Ahab took off. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. But watch the man who got a word from God. God said, show yourself and I'm going to send rain. Did God say, show yourself, Didn't go pray? No, no. See, the reason I'm asking these questions It's because sometimes in my camp they do that. You don't know what else God said to the man, but he knew. God said, show yourself and I'm going to send rain. He got a sure word from God, right? He's going to pray. And his, say to his servant, he said, get, well, verse 42, Ahel went to eat on top of Mount Carmel, and Elijah rather went to the top of Mount Carmel, cast himself down upon the earth, put his face, where? So the man is in a fetal position. Listen, he ain't finna look around see what's going on and be distracted. He's finna go into a place of focus. I got a word from God. I got a, C- a CD back there called Birth in the Will of God. He said, I got a word from God and I'm gonna pray into it. I'm gonna pray it. In- God already said it, so I know now I can pray with authority. I can pray with confidence because I heard God. Because God said it, it's got to happen if I do my part. Amen. God said, I'm gonna make you a millionaire and you quit tithing. Wrong. He said to his servant, go now, look toward the sea. Notice he didn't send him to no lake or no pond. If I would have read the whole story, Ahab and Obadiah without searching for ponds and streams. He said, no, go to the sea. Ain't been, ain't been no water out here. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Wait a minute. God said, show yourself, and I'm going to sit and rain today. The servant says, I went and did what you said but I don't see anything that changes nothing because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain and it's tied to a word from Yahweh Yahweh spoke and said he's sending rain go back again yes. Yes. now it depends on that servant He going but is he hey, I told him ain't nothing out there man it's hot out here it ain't rain I gotta do all this it don't even make sense Do all things without murmuring and disputing. He goes again. He comes back. I see nothing. He said, go again. The boy got to go seven times. Why? Elijah is convinced. I heard from God. It's going to rain. It is going to rain. And And he's not even asking his servant to come pray with me. You just go look for it. Watch this. There is nothing. He said, go again. He said, go again, seven times. Seven times, he said, go again. So that means he had to go seven times But well, the eighth time when he came back. I see a little cloud about <laughs> this big. That's how folks do it. I see about this much. That's enough for God because all he needed is a seed anyway. It came to pass at the seventh time. He said, behold, there rather the little cloud out of the sea like, not the size of, but like, a man's hand. You know, God's hand is like a man's hand, it's just bigger. Amen. I, I mean, I've heard all kind of 5 four ministry. I, I, I ain't dealing with none of that. Watch what he said now. He said, I see a cloud, the slack, a man's hand. He said, go up and say to Ahab. Note that this time, the prophet don't even go speak to Ahab. He sent his servant to him. Go tell Ahab, now he told him to go eat. Now he said, tell him to go prepare the chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. Elijah heard the sound of abundance of rain. Ahab still hasn't heard that sound. But when he gets a word from Elijah now, the man told me it wasn't going to rain for three years, it didn't rain. The man called fire to heaven, it came down, licked up all the water of the trench. The man killed all these lying prophets I had around here. What they said never happened. Everything he said come to pass. The man said, get the chariots ready. He said, go hook up the thoroughbred. Listen, and make haste, don't be dragging. Watch this. He said, That the rain stopped thee not. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black. Pause for a minute. This is what happens to us in reverse God speaks a word, and in the meantime, it seemed like heaven is brass. In the meantime, Dr. Ira here had, had 300 members in his church. He stood up and he was a Baptist preacher. And he stood up and told them that God said, take the Baptist sign off. We're going with the Holy Ghost. And the next Sunday, 23 showed up, 277 walked off. In the meantime, it looks like you just made a fool of yourself saying what God said. But this time was God's time. And God said, in the meanwhile, the heaven got black. See, before it rained, the clouds came in. Off that sea came a wind that brought in clouds, and they weren't a little cumulus cloud. It was black, dark clouds, full of rain. Hallelujah, the thunder and the lightning got to ruin. And you know dry land and that kind of rain is going to get muddy pretty quick. Watch this. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. See, the wind is what's bringing the clouds in. So and now, now Ahab knows it's gonna rain. He can in, in out here with this plane. Can't you smell it sometime when that fresh rain about to come? Ain't no but you can smell it, it's, it's, it's gonna rain. And if your kid, how you know? I can smell the rain. He'd be like, Mama, I don't smell nothing. That's all right, let's go. what what am I telling you? Ahab now say, man, I feel some wind that I ain't felt in three and a half years. Look at them clouds. It's getting black and dark. And I came to tell you, that old boy got that chariot together. He jumped on the thoroughbred and they was going full speed ahead. But the Bible says, the hand of the Lord. Ahab ran and went to Jezreel. But the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Can I tell you that God will prepare you to live through what you prophesy when you say what God said and he'll prepare you in the time of his manifestation but we gotta make a decision here I'm not gonna be the lazy one that comes to prayer and don't pray I'm gonna pray I'm gonna intercede I'm gonna pray the word I'm gonna pray with authority I'm gonna pray with the power in the name of Jesus I'm gonna pray believe and I receive you gotta make a decision that I'm gonna pray based on the fact that God said it then it's got to happen so I'm gonna pray like I believe it's gonna happen See, I've heard a lot of word prayers that had no faith in them. I know, you, I know what you're saying. Faith come by hearing. They didn't hear nothing. They just went and picked out some scriptures that seemed positive and didn't believe one that they wrote. But they knew if they prayed them in this church, they couldn't pray doubt and unbelief. So they had to at least pray scripturally accurate. That's part of the equation. You got to believe in your heart. Paul said, I believe, or we believe, therefore we speak. See, David said, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. So the reason I spoke is because I was already fully persuaded. So the reason they like to go pray until they have to get ready because he heard from God and he believed what God said because God's word forever settled in heaven. So once you get that in your belly and you believe it in your belly, then when it comes out your mouth, it comes out your mouth invincible. Let's, 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 let's look at first Peter right quick because I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to keep fervency flowing over because right now we're in a time when the love of God is waxing cold many are, 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 are fainting and the love of God is waxing cold in the heart of many saints well there's no mystery to me no marvel to me that the love of God is waxing cold when saints don't pray verse chapter 4 first Peter chapter 4 verse 8 now you know like in the armor He said, above all things, taking the shield of faith, right? Well, right here, Peter says, and above all things, have fervent agape, fervent charity. Fervent love, watch this, among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sin. Watch the Amplified Bible. Above all things have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins and forgives and disregards the offices of others. If we had that working in the church, the folk that's backslid wouldn't be backslid. The folk that got ran off would have never gotten ran off. Because we would have been able to reprove them in love and then restore them in meekness and let them know I love you. What you said was wrong. What you said was, was, was degrading. It was detrimental. But since you have repented, I forgive you. Now, let's work at restoring so that don't happen again. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. But see, the church today so basely, I got to build me by killing you. My way up is standing on you when I get you down. That shouldn't be in the body. Jesus said this. He said, now, you love your neighbor as yourself. But then when he got the it, he said, now, you love one another as I have loved you. Because you know, loving your neighbor like you love yourself ain't too great a love. Just, just walk by some people's car and look at the Maypop tires they're riding on. No, no, no. Here's where I'm going. If they're riding on Maypop, they ain't going to buy you a set of tires. They take it down to the used tire place. No, because that's how they treat themselves. All that money on old tires, man. This one right here will go about 10,000 miles. That's good enough. I ain't going nowhere. Man, that's all, That's all that mentality. But when you love like he loved, then you lay down your life for your brother. In other words, I'm tired, but my brother's suffering, so I'm going to go pray for him. I'm going to go get in the face of God and spend an hour and a half on my brother's behalf, seeking the face of God until God gives me the wisdom or the plan of God, what to do. See, sometimes you just go attacking the devil and it may not be the devil. He may need the eye of his understanding open. But when I go to God, I'm going to know exactly what to do. Well, he, he go to the same church I do. He ought to know better the fact that he goes to the same church you do makes him family. So you ought to let the devil know you picked on the wrong one. You messing with my brother and you got to back up, Bubba. You know, that's short for Beelzebub. Proverbs 10, Proverbs 10. Well, don't don't go to Proverbs. Just go ahead and go to James. Proverbs 10 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins." We're not talking about winking at sin. We're talking about, okay, let me give you a good example. My wife uses this and it makes sense to me. Your girlfriend calls you, and she is upset with her husband. And she is just spilling it all, telling you everything he did. I mean, even when he sneezed, blew his nose, and didn't put the thing in the trash, just left it on the table. He, she is just telling you everything about her husband. And then he goes and prays, and God convicts his heart. He comes back and apologizes, get everything together, and takes on a second honeymoon. And she don't tell you. And when you see him, you, you low-down scum, you rascal, you mistreating my girlfriend. Don't you talk to my husband like that. What is it your problem? She borrowed your offense toward the man, and she still don't like it. Because you didn't realize you shouldn't have been spewing that poison everywhere. But it happens all the time. They done told you all this stuff. They done made up, and they happy. And now, don't nobody in the county like the husband. And she can't figure out why they don't like my husband. Why did don't, I don't understand? He's a good man. Why do they treat him like that? Cause they don't know he a good man. Cause you didn't come back with the new report. First John, y'all there? Chapter five. 1 John 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, and we know his word is his will, right? He, notice the present continues, hear us every time I pray according to his will, he hears me. If we know this, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, okay, wait, how can I know that he hears me? Pray according to his will. How do I know his will? his word. And then if he spoke to me, that's his word, right? But if if I'm not reading his word, when he speaks to me, I don't know his voice. You learn the voice. When I learned the voice of God, I wasn't trying to learn the voice of God. I had just got saved. I was just hungry for God and I got laid off. I read the Bible out loud, 40 chapters every day. And then, after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, somebody gave me every book Dad Hagen had in print, so I prayed in tongues four hours a day, read 40 chapters in two Ken of Hagen books. I just got saved. I'm talking to somebody to pray for them. I prayed, they start crying. I said, what you crying for? Why did you pray that? I said, what I pray? You prayed everything I'm going through in the answer to it. I didn't know. I didn't know the voice of God had got activated. I was just seeking God in the Word, and found out His Word reveals his voice and then the first time I heard something that wasn't God I said that ain't God. How did I know? I don't know how I knew but I knew because my spirit was so full of his word it just let me know that ain't my voice. My sheep know my voice. There's too many sheep that don't know the voice. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have notice the plural the petitions that We desire, desire here means to ask. It's not just, oh, I'd like to have it. No, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. Well, praying is talking. Desire is asking. And this goes right with Mark 11. Watch what Jesus said. First thing he said was what? Have faith in God. Then he said, whosoever shall say unto. He didn't say whosoever shall say about." we two too busy talking about it. I told the saints last year, shut up talking about COVID 19. Talk to it. Don't come to give me no COVID report. I don't need no COVID report. Give COVID God's report. Put a barrier, put a bloodline around your property and your children and, your, and just tell your coworkers, y'all can relax. Can't nobody in here get COVID because I work here. Oh, well, you, now, don't just go to work and you don't even believe it and get up and say something and you're nervous. No, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, you know, he's a pastor, and he went to the hospital. One of his, you know, first they wouldn't even let you in the hospital. Then finally they started letting him in. And so she called and said, Pastor, could you come pray for me? And so he said, I'll be out there. He walked in and told her who he was. And the nurse said, "Uh, you want a mask? He said, I got one. She said, I don't see it. He said, I'm covered in the blood. She said, okay. You want some gloves? He said, I got on gloves. She said, I don't see no gloves. She said, my hand's covered in the blood, too. And she just looked at him like, what is he talking about? She said, well, she's down there in that room on the left. He went down there, prayed for her. Because they, they didn't say she's going to have to be there for several days. He walked in. She saw her pastor. Her spirit leaped. He quoted the word to her and got her in faith. They praised the Lord a little while. He laid hands on her, prayed the prayer of faith, and said, I'll be back to see you. She called him two hours. later and said, pastor, can you come pick me up? He said, come pick you up. She said, I'm dismissed. He said, the doctor came in and checked me out. He said, ain't nothing wrong with me. I can go. He, he decided to take a security guard job because uh, health insurance was so high, he passes the church, and the church couldn't afford to buy his health insurance. So he took a security guard job at the school so he could you know get insurance for him and his wife. And COVID is going crazy, and the nurse told him, said, uh, you want a mask? She said, I don't want no mask. She said, you know, you might get COVID. He said, I can't get COVID. She said, what do you mean you can't get COVID? I'm redeemed from COVID. Yes, sir. Yeah. And she looked at him like, oh, okay. <laughs> she didn't understand that, right? Watch this. Next day, nobody, I got to check your temperature anyway. Oh, 96.8, okay. Next day she come in. Oh, you can't get it. No, I can't get it. Take my temperature. 96.7. The next day he came in. Hey, y'all, Pastor Elwood. said he can't get COVID. He said, she right, I can't. It took his temperature at 96.8. The fourth day, she called him. In her, this is a nurse. Called him in her office. She said, I just want you to know, you really inspire me. She said, what you mean? He said, we are all Christians. But don't none of us bleed like you bleed. She said, your faith inspires me. She said, you know this mask I'm wearing? She said, every day when I go home, it takes me two hours to get my breathing back right from wearing this thing all day. Amen. He let his light in his face shine. And then one day they came and said, mandatory, if you're going to be in the building, you got to have on a mask. He said, I'll be in my car. you got the two-way ready. You'll call me if you need me. I'm not wearing no mask. He's sitting in his office by and said, why are you going to be in the office by yourself with a mask on? The superintendent said so. I ain't wearing it. I'm staying stay in my car until y'all need it. He couldn't need it because wasn't nothing there but teachers. They let the kids out. The kids couldn't come to school. What am I telling you? He did not allow the culture that he worked in to dominate his believing or his faith and it, be, it made a major difference in that school. And I'm trying to get you to understand saying when we begin to pray and pray the word of God, what, what, what is fear? Have you, have you noticed that the fear has lifted? Yeah, now, faith ain't came back though. Saints still scared. Okay, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not under death. This is why I brought you over here. We know that whosoever is born of God sineth not, right? Well, I skipped verse 16. And if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is, I better read from where we were there because you don't forget. I got him distracted. Let's go back to verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, What? He heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him, right? If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Here's what I want you to understand. We're still talking about the effectual fervent prayer of a consecrated righteous man. You go out and you see your brother sin. okay, i just use this brother right here. He just met me and then he didn't hear Pastor Philip talk about me. Then he go out, and he see me sin, and he, oh, Pastor Phillip, guess what I saw? the scripture said if you see your brother sin of sin and not the death pray for him ask God to deliver him and God to forgive him for the sin that wasn't under death because you pray that's how we stop the devil saint just because you saw it you don't go it. just because you saw it you're your brother's keeper and let the devil know no you don't I know him you tricked him and I'm not going to let you have him I'm not going to let you keep him bound like that I'm going to rescue my brother I'm throwing my brother a lifeline I'm going to my father and get my brother's forgiveness and keep him secure and then I'm going to deal with you and I'm going to get him and tell him what we did and I'm going to get him to go with me and we're going to bind you together. the church started walking like that the devil ain't got a chance he ain't got a chance that sin can't tarry in the camp cause I saw it but I ain't come to expose it I come to extract the thing like a bad tooth you got to let the devil know in this hour on my watch your time is up bubble you ain't running nothing in this camp you not running another saint off. you not stealing another sheep out the fold I'm gonna put this rod on your head why because Jesus gave me authority over all your power and I'm gonna use it let's go to ezekiel 22 see when we when we get i'm telling tell you when the saints start rising up and let the devil know you can't do that i remember dad hagan said he was in the pulpit preaching and god showed him a vision of his brother and thinking about suicide in the park he said excuse me he said devil let that man alone now he in the pulpit the man someplace else ain't no distance in the spirit he took authority over that went back to preaching. And that evening told his brother what was going on with him. And he told him, yeah, but I decided I wasn't going to do that. And back to that, Yeah, because he broke that spirit off of him. We see folk where there's a spirit on I can see that spirit on him. You saw it on him and you didn't break it off? Why do you think you had designing? If you really saw it and you wasn't just suspicious, the fact that God revealed it to you, you had authority over it. Dad Hagin used to talk about Buddy Harrison, with these three demons around him. And he said one day, you know, he didn't know that at first. And one day, Buddy would go in and go out. And then God showed him that vision. This demon, he turned that way, and he turned that way. And when God showed him, he dealt with it. Buddy got free, got a job, and stayed free. Buddy would get free for a little while, go back. But this time, the source of darkness was eradicated by a person that wasn't even in his presence. Saints, the effectual, fervent prayer of consecrated, righteous people makes much power available, dynamic in its working. I'm telling you, there are some addictions that are about to be long term overthrown. There are some effects to addiction that's affecting folks' mind after they got saved. That saints are about to take their place and they're gonna to begin to pray effectual fervent prayers, and all of a sudden, brain cells are gonna be restored, and men whose mind was messed up called the years on meth and fentanyl. Me. It's about to step into the mind of Christ because the body of Christ is stepping into their place in Christ and exercising dominion from the right hand of the throne of God and letting the devil know that this is an hour that I now know who I am. I know to whom I belong. I know that I'm in Christ, and Christ in me is the hope of glory. And I'm not going to disappoint my Father, and I'm not going to allow you to breach my covenant any longer. My covenant is signed in blood, and I swing the blood against the. King of darkness, I plead the blood against the powers of darkness, and the blood prevails, and the enemy fails. Yeah. Watch Ezekiel 22. I'm just trying to show you, it don't get too bad for prayer. We just let it get so bad we don't pray. Ezekiel twenty-two, twenty-four. 24 Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land. Notice they don't say, Thou art the people. That is not cleansed, nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy among her. That's the prophets in the land. In the midst thereof, like a roaring lion, raving the prey, they have devoured souls. They, if you, let me for a minute. If you take souls with the mind, the will, the emotions, look how many people's minds are messed up by stuff so-called prophets said or prophets that were looking for notoriety and said stuff God didn't say. But people were believing in them. He said, They have taken the treasure, the precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have heard their eyes from my Sabbath. And I am profaned among the priests. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves raving the prey to shed blood to destroy souls to get dishonest mind. There has to dishonest game. There has to be mental manipulation to bring folks into the place of degradation that they are, so that they can be pimped and milked for their hard-earned money, for their savings. And that's what you got. He talked about priests, prophets, and and, and princes. The, the dealing with leaders that people respect because they wouldn't sit in a church like this and learn the word of God learn the voice of God learn the leading of the spirit of God and when your head don't know your heart tell you that ain't God leave it because I got my spirit man together and I walk through life at the rhythm of God I'm telling you saints let no man deceive you is what he said be not deceived is what he told us in the last days if it was possible the very elect would be deceived but I'm trying to tell you there's a discerner inside of you. The Holy Spirit is there. He don't always speak. He just give you an unction. He just give you a witness. He'll give you a grieving. You know something is wrong, then walk away. I don't care if you're buying a house, a car, or a lollipop. When you sense it, go with it. Trust God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Watch this. Verse 28. The prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity, divining lies under them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor. Notice, the prophets was doing it to the people. Now the people are doing it to the underprivileged. They vexed the poor and needy. They've oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I don't agree with the politics of what they're doing with with the aliens coming into our country. But I also don't agree with the attitude of some of us that's already here. Where's the wisdom and compassion of God in the body of Christ to get the plan of God? You know, If the the Christian was really praying for the plan of God about this thing, God could speak to somebody in Congress and get a God solution. But watch verse 30 is why I brought you over here. With all of this going on, here's what God says. And I sought for a man among them. I don't have to raise up somebody and bring them in. I'm looking right there among them that's oppressed, among them false prophets, the false priests, the the false princes, the people that's being oppressed, the people that are oppressing. If I could just find a man, he didn't say a group or a remnant. If I just found a man, can God not find one in Kansas? Pastor Phillips said he already did. Now, you see, you got to understand, God is looking for somebody that will standing in his face. Look what he said. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge, stand, not walk through, stand in the gap before me. Notice, God is not talking about preaching right here. See, if he wanted a preacher, then they'd have been preaching to the people. God said, I just need somebody to get in the gap in my presence. Get in my face about what's going on. Don't make it the evening conversation at the dinner table. Just come get in my presence. Come talk to me about what's going on here. He said, but I couldn't find one. He said, standing in the gap before me that I should not destroy the land, but I found none. In other words, based on what was going on, the recompense of this action is destruction. But God said, if I can get somebody to ask me to withhold it, then I won't do it. But I couldn't get one person to pray. Look at the next verse. Therefore. He didn't put that there after all the degradation, after all the wrongdoing. He put it there after he couldn't find a praying man. Do you understand where we are? Do you understand the position that we have? Do you understand our place? Do you understand that we make the difference? It don't matter who's sitting on the seat. Once you vote righteous, it does not matter who's on that seat now because the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he turned it like rivers of water. He told us to pray for those that are in authority. He told us to give thanks for those that are in authority. And when we begin to take our position and let the devil know, you might have put your man on the throne, but he ain't going to follow your lead because I'm going to pray in God is going to turn his heart. We got to understand saints, it's the effectual fervent prayer of consecrated righteous people and because we don't consecrate we don't get the mind of God therefore we don't pray back the mind of God but I say that's changing today I say today there's some people in this house that are going to catch the revelation of consecration and they're going to get in their position and there you are going to pray with power you're going to pray with understanding you're going to pray with might and dominion and demon powers are going to be broken they're going to back up and nobody's going to even know your name, but heaven knows your name and it's not your name that you are using. You are praying in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus that's above every name. At his name, every knee got to bow. Every every spirit has got to bow. Every tongue got to confess. The devil's got a tongue. I heard him use it. I know who you are. You the son of God. Make him say it again. Well yeah, boy, we thought we had that, but them them Christians down there at that faith church on the corner, they got to praying. And Jesus came out in his full lordship and run us off. We gotta go startle. Amen. Pastor Philip done told him about the man that had the Legion, the demons that got cast out. And he caught the revelation that them devils said, don't send us out the country. So he taught his folks to send them out the county. We got to lead the county. We can't operate in this no more. See, says we don't pray like that. I just bind the devil. And you leave him there, then the, your binds come loose because you start talking crazy. He's back. No, send him out to the city. Amen. Send him out to the country. Demons have geographical assignments. I've heard saints, I break your assignment, but you didn't. You left them in the region. Thought they are going to be reassigned. No, when you break the assignment over this person and they, they, they shouldn't have they shut up. I, I shouldn't, they shouldn't have let me see that. Don't make us leave the country. Let us, no. no. Jesus let him go get in the pig. Uh uh uh. It out. You want some pigs? Get some pigs in another country. Not not here. Chew on that for a little while. I'm serious. See, don't just run out and try to say it tomorrow. Get the revelation in your belly. And when you start speaking and breaking powers, you know what you're going to start hearing? Man, you broke that thing and it ain't never came back. What happened? The power of God was exercised by somebody who knew they had it and knew the, the extent of it. He said all power where? Heaven and earth. So where's the boundary? Heaven, his name got authority in three worlds. Heaven, earth, and under the earth. So where can the devil go to get away from your authority? See, this ain't like the Duke of Hazards. Remember, remember Bo and Luke and Roscoe B. train. You know what Bo and Luke would do? They'd cross the Hazard County line, sit on General Lee and look at Roscoe. You know why? Wasn't no Interpol then. They couldn't cross that. Well, you let the devil know, we got Interpol. Ain't no place we can't come get you. And ain't no place... See, when you exercise authority over the devil and serve him a restraining order, that means that habit don't come back because the demon that bought it can't come back because I exercise... Uh, Listen, I'm already in the courts of heaven. I sit with the judge... So, I'm authorized to serve you, and I serve you in the name of Jesus. And I got angelic agents to make sure you follow what I said. Lift your hands. Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify and adore you, God. We bless, honor, and extol you. We thank you that you are our God, and we're your family. We're part of the family in heaven and in earth, and we thank you. That you've given unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God where our authority is concerned, where our prayer life is concerned. And we thank you. That no enemy, no foe can stand against the, the Your word in our mouth is as power filled as it is in your word, your mouth. And your word never returns to you void. It accomplishes what it is sent out to accomplish. It prospers wherever it's sent. We are catching that revelation. So we thank you that from this day forward, as we release our words, they will accomplish the thing where we send them. We will never speak again just for the sake of speaking. We we will speak words that are on assignment, words that are under instructions, words that are inspired by the very power of God. The Holy Ghost himself who lives in us will give us words and we will speak those words in faith and we will consecrate ourselves to the point where we understand our position in you and we will operate from that seated position in Christ shadow of And we thank you, Father, for victory. On every hand, deliverance for every individual that we pray for. The enemy will have no POWs on our watch.